Welcome to How to Read, Understand, and Make Use of the Scriptures. So we've been talking about principles of biblical interpretation. What does the text actually mean? And then always asking a follow-up question. So once we understand the meaning of the text, how is, uh, how is it applied to me? What, what use, what salutary use does God want to use these, uh, these words uh, to do something uh, in my life, to apply it uh, for my good? So we talk about that as uh, the principles of interpretation, but also the application of the text uh, for, for daily life. So here's the good news, is that God wants to reveal himself to us. Uh, so it is God's word. We say this is the word of the Lord when we read the scriptures. But interesting enough is that God reveals himself to us um, through human language. So he uses human words, and those words are put in sentences, and there is uh, grammar there and syntax, and there's paragraphs, uh, content. Uh, there's authors uh, writing in a certain uh, place and time in uh, history, so there's a historical context. And so we're always looking at the text to say, what is the one intended meaning? What is the one intended meaning of this text? Not looking and over-spiritualizing it and trying to find four levels of meaning, but what is the one intended meaning of uh, this portion of Scripture? So a text cannot mean what it never meant. And so we're going to talk about the use of words. Uh, again, this is the word of the Lord. But uh, as the Scriptures reveal to us, this word of the Lord comes through apostles and prophets uh, from the Word made flesh himself, Jesus, uh, the one we know as the Christ. So the use of words. So sometimes uh, words uh, are used um, and they don't always have the same sense or meaning to them. And uh, again, we'll find this, uh, we can find the meaning of the words from the context. So uh, a word can have a broad sense, a wide sense of, the, uh, of a meaning, or in other places, it can be used in a narrow sense. Uh, so such words that we'll talk about uh, in this video are gospel and repentance. And you might think, well, gospel and repentance, that, that seems to be pretty clear what it means. But given a context, it can either have a broad or wide sense or a narrow sense. And uh, this is a discussion, by the way, uh, that uh, the Lutheran fathers in the Confessions also had in the formula of Concord and uh, the Solid, Decorate, Solid Declaration, Article 5. They talk about this, uh, these words law and gospel and how the word gospel can have a broad meaning to it, but also a narrow meaning. Uh, sense or narrow meaning to it. And the context helps us understand. So uh, let me give you these examples. So the gospel, in, in the broadest sense, in the widest sense of the word, means all of the teachings of Jesus, uh, the message of the law and the gospel, uh, the law pointing out our sin and saying, uh, you have sinned, you have fallen short of the glory of God. And the gospel in its proper sense, the narrow sense, saying, well, look, Turn your eyes to Jesus, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So the gospel uh, can have this broad sense as all of the teaching of Jesus. Uh, we see this in the Gospel of Mark, and uh, the English Standard Version um, uh, helps us understand this. Uh, in Mark chapter 1, it says, The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. 
John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. So that's the broad sense. This is the beginning of the gospel, the good news, all of the teaching of Jesus Christ. So if you read you know, the gospel of Mark, you're not just going to hear that Jesus Christ died for your sins. You will hear repent, uh, turn from your sins. So in this case, uh, the word gospel has a broad meaning, all of the teaching of uh, Jesus. Uh, at the very end of the gospel of Mark, Jesus says to his disciples, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to all of creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. So again, proclaim all of my teaching, um, all that I have, all that I have told you and instructed you. So that's a broad sense. All of the teaching of Jesus, and this can include both the preaching of the law, you have sinned, but the preaching of the gospel properly understood as, uh, behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Now, uh, in Mark chapter 1, it says, After John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. So now we have the word gospel again in uh, a context, but what does it mean? Repent and believe in the gospel. Well, this is the narrow sense. It's the proper, we say, the proper distinction between the law and the gospel. The law, uh, properly understood in its sense, is repent. You have sinned. You have fallen short. Uh, you have rebelled. And it brings with us the threats of punishment and and a fear of that punishment. And its purpose is to point us then to the gospel, uh, we would say, in the narrow sense. So now believe the gospel, that specifically Jesus is the Messiah. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So this, in, in this sense, the word gospel doesn't mean all of the teaching of Jesus, you know, which would mean law and gospel, repent and believe. Uh, there's no threat of condemnation when you properly distinguish this gospel from the law. It's specifically the proclamation of the forgiveness of sins through the death and resurrection of Jesus. So repent, that's the law, and believe the gospel. Christ died for you. Christ took the wage of sin for you. So again, you know, when it when Mark begins, this is the gospel. That's that's the broadest sense, all of the teaching of Jesus. But when the context says repent and believe the gospel, now our eyes are focused on uh, the Son of Man, the Son of God, the sin bearer, the one who knew no sin, who became sin for us, died for that sin, rose again on the third day. Now, okay. Uh, the word repentance, uh, same broad meaning and uh, narrow uh, meaning, narrow sense to it. So repentance in the scriptures can mean a person's entire conversion, uh, that they are sorry for their sins, that their heart is cut, and that they believe that Christ died for their sins. So that's a very broad understanding of it. But normally we think of repent as, you know, uh, turn from your sin. So an example, Luke 13 Verse 5, no, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. 
Uh, Luke 15, verse 7. There will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who need no repentance. So in these two um, verses, the context is about the entire conversion, that the angels in heaven rejoice, not just because a person comes to a realization of their sin, but that they realize that now the payment for sin is given in Messiah that Jesus Christ is the one who has died for them. So that's where uh, this word repentance means all of it, all of the process of conversion, being born again, being made alive. Uh, you could say law and, and gospel. Now, repentance in the narrow sense, and this is probably usually the way we think about it, uh, means to truly acknowledge sin, to be heartily sorry for those sins, uh, and to have the, the sense that I don't want to do this. I want to stop doing it. I want to turn from it. So we see this in Mark chapter 1, verse 14 and 15. It says, Now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee proclaiming the gospel of God and saying, The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. And Jesus says, first first sermon, Repent and believe in the gospel. Repent and believe in the gospel. So very uh, narrow and distinct, right? Repent and believe in the gospel. Turn from your sin, acknowledge your sin, agree with God about your sin, right? That's repent. But just don't be uh, left there. Turn your eyes to the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So uh, properly understood again, repent as the law and believe in the gospel as the payment for sin uh, being Jesus, uh, his death and his resurrection. Now, again, Luke chapter 24, Jesus explains what all of the scriptures are talking about. He opens up the law and the prophets and the Psalms. And then the text says he opened up their minds so they could understand the scriptures. And he said to them, this is what is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for what? Repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Uh, Paul says, Acts 20, he says, I didn't shrink. I didn't shrink from declaring to you anything that was profitable and teaching you in public from house to house testifying to both Jews and to Greeks of repentance toward God and faith in our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Again, the narrow sense of repentance, agreeing with God about about your sin, acknowledging it. Um, Lord, have mercy on me, the sinner, but not left there. Faith in something. Faith always has an object. Faith in uh, the gospel, in the narrow sense. Christ Jesus died for you. So law and gospel, repentance, these words uh, taken in context, you can usually tell from the context, is this talking about like the broadest sense, the gospel as all of the teaching of Jesus, repentance as all of the process of conversion, or is this in the narrow sense, repent, that's the law, uh, acknowledging your sin, pointing out your sin, uh, gospel, here, here is Christ crucified, Uh, dead and risen for the forgiveness of your sins. So we find the one intended meaning of of the text, specifically the one intended meaning of what the the words are saying. And again, uh, the Holy Spirit is 
is the teacher, and he will help us understand what these words mean. And uh, always realizing that a text cannot mean what it never, whatever meant, and God uses, God uses words. What an amazing thought that we do say this is the word of the Lord, but God uses human language, uh, paragraphs, sentences, things like grammar, maybe we don't pay attention to uh, historical uh, background and context. Uh, sometimes, again, this word uh, is used in, um, in multiple ways. And it doesn't always have the same sense or meaning used in the broad sense, uh, other places used in the narrow sense, um, uh, and we've talked about the words gospel and repentance. And again, you can find uh, a more um, articulate way of saying that. Maybe, uh, I hope I did a good job in clarifying that. But a very articulate way of saying that in the formula of Concord, the solid declaration, uh, Article 5, where it talks about the law and the gospel. So take heart. Remember that uh, our triune God wants us to hear him. He wants us to understand him, wants us to know him, wants us to believe and trust in him. And that though this word of God points out our sin, right, the law, in the proper understanding, the distinct understanding of the gospel is that Christ is for us. He lives in, works through us. He is with us always, even to the very end of the age.